1: We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse, Code, and Crown, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals. Dumb Scum and Villainy, The Mythos Mysteries, One Shots, and the Bad Movie Review Show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. Join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's Patreon.com slash Dumb Dumb Dice, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together and thanks for being part of our stories.
2: I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god part, get it? Dice? Dice. Get your merchandise today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live-play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, Observer of Time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as the Orc Countant Eta and Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano alongside our Dungeon Master, the incredible Tom so get ready for an adventure including thrills chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow it's time for curse code and crown
3: so the four of you spend an incredibly restful night in doc malvern's clinic um as someone who falls asleep to rain noises quite frequently man is this the right place for that it is soothing af uh, aside from the uh the <laughs> boom of of thunder um a, uh, the occasional uh crackling of lightning um but sure enough um it, it would seem that uh, obviously having lived here for some time now uh the doc nev and bleep have managed to uh uh you know insulate the place as best they can uh against the elements um and as a result it is a, a fairly uh a cozy if if concerned sleep um you wake up feeling well rested um Gwendolyn, you still feel um a little weakened uh from from your kind of uh spiritual donation. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
3: but uh the Elos Blade is still looking kind of pocked and, and rough, but you can see where new kind of metal threads have have grown, and uh it is it is starting to um look more like its old self, which is ironic because it always just kind of looks like a sword, like it's not. Yeah, hugely. You know, uh, it's not a hugely ornamental yeah. weapon.
0: I mean, it looks like a great sword, but not like a spectacular. But not a sword. good sword, exactly. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, so it is uh, it clearly um, Aesop is is working working his his questionable magic. Um, so you've got that going. Um, so you you awake uh, to find that um, uh, Nev uh, and Bleep have kind of gone off on patrol. Um, Doc Malvern is uh, is uh, in his quarters, um, uh, seemingly kind of uh, coming out of a long slumber. Um, you get the sense that you kind of witnessed his big burst of the en- of energy for the day. Um, mm. That he he, he doesn't. He is perhaps more frail than uh, than you at, at first had uh, had assumed. Uh, But he's around if you need to ask anything, Uh, but you have, uh, you have some time to make preparations uh, before you you venture out into the storms.
1: I think Duncan would, uh, A, he would have to sew a chin strap onto his hat so that it wouldn't blow away in the wind. (laughs) This is, this is wise. Uh, and then I think he'd be looking around for anything that he could use to just kind of strengthen his gear in terms of survival under the weather. Uh, he tends to be more a silk shirt. This looks good. I can move well guy <laughs> than a let's survive uh, never ending thunderstorms and wind rushes. So if there's any like cloaks from other people who've been here or things like that, he'd need to cobble together himself like a pretty serious coat of yeah. some kind.
3: Uh, that's fair i think uh if you can roll me a sleight of hand check please to see how how well you do with this but yeah there, there's definitely weather gear and you are correct one thing to keep in mind for your expedition is once you're uh, the clinic is currently the only proper secured site uh against the weather uh, the weather is so bad and has been going on since long before anyone uh from this party arrived um that there are some like minor shelters but they really are kind of lean-tos so this is mm. kind of your one super safe spot uh but once you're out there in in the uh in the elements you'll be very much in them uh so you get, 15 Ryan? for the sleight 15? of hand okay uh yeah so i think um you find uh like um a a somewhat damaged um uh slicker like the one that uh, nev wears uh, you get the sense that being a a massive troll fellow who gets in a lot of scrapes. Um, Nev goes is not, uh, not gentle on clothes. Um, <clears throat> you notice that his, his coat was kind of patchwork as well. And you kind of find a bunch of pieces of coats and are able to piece together a, uh, a, a reasonable enough um, sort of uh, a long coat um, to, uh, to kind of sling up and over your, your existing gear um, because you are piecing it together. You are able to kind of like leave in little, little trick spots if you need them. So, you know, if you need quick access to your sword or what have you, you're able to to do that fairly easily. Um, And uh, yes, you you attach a a chin strap to your hat. Would you want to take, they have a couple of um, sort of rain treated hats. Uh, They very much look like uh, the classic Newfoundland kind of yellow slicker hat that is, for those of you unfamiliar with uh, the the fine province of Newfoundland. Hey, go to Newfoundland. It's lovely. Food's great and the people are nice. Um, but uh, they're kind of um, you'd likely see them on like old sailors or fishermen. They're these big floppy yellow hats that are just there to get as much rain off your head as possible. In the, the
1: yeah, I think he'd possibly. stow he'd stow his hat then and. Uh and focus
3: on something a little more weather friendly. Uh, he'd sure. find the
1: the darkest or most stained one, so it wouldn't be like a bright yellow.
3: No, none of them hat. are yellow. They're they're all made of um uh, of right. uh kind of a brown uh, brown material. Seems to have been treated with uh, with wax. Uh, then whichever is the most dashing, he'll take that one. Okay, hmm. sure. There's one that has like uh, uh, a cool um, embroidered pattern, kind of like what you'd find on uh, like a Wild West pistol grip. Um, so just kind of some like almost Paisley um images. But yeah, it's just it's clear that someone put a little bit of extra shine on this one. So
2: it is Beautiful. yours. Beautiful.
0: Ida mm, would definitely want a, a, a cloak of, of some sort, for sure. It's like, I mean, she's got leather armor and and I mean, you know, there there's like cracks and stuff. Yeah, would <laughs> uh,
3: Do you think Ida would want to come along on this voyage, or would she want to stay back? I will point out there are some logistical concerns that can be sorted if one of you stays behind. Uh, either Gwendolyn or Ita, uh largely because you still need to figure out where you're going after this. Um, and also uh presumably some other logistics. So it's up to you. Right. But um,
0: um I mean it's also like <laughs> Do you, would you rather I left Eda behind, um, hmm. only because there was like the Apex Institute cloud skimmer that she would be interested in finding?
3: Uh, so, I guess the other question is, would Gwendolyn come along then, given the lightningy nature of of the space? Um, I think for for ease of operation, I will suggest uh, only take one, so that you aren't constantly having to jump back and forth. But. Uh, Duncan yeah. obviously has to go. Um, Tyler only has one character, given that you have two, you can kind of choose who goes on the mission. Who's it 69. is worth flagging Gwendolyn that I did see a large
1: number of those uh, lightning creatures jumping around in the sky over the valley. So,
4: yeah, someone I mean, needs like, to stay
1: behind to sort out rations. Uh, I'll
4: you know, be honest, least... like, Duncan, this does kind of seem like a you thing. And like, I mean, there's opportunity. I could get to know Dark Malvin a bit better and like get to maybe understand like people who might be like opposed to the Alliance and see what like things that uh, maybe I need to like help push the Alliance towards in order to include everyone.
1: I think that's an excellent idea. It's noble and uh, also keeps uh, everyone collectively safer. It is worth noting. The Alliance first consisted of members of kind of whoever you chose. So the more good people you get in there, the better you can kind of steer it over time.
4: Right? I think I think so.
1: All right, so you stay here, interact with some people, find out where dangers may follow, uh, and we'll take Eta to go investigate this skimmer and try to solve the mystery of House Dan on the Observatory. Well,
4: sounds like a plan. Have... have... Fun.
1: Will will do, I guess. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's the full <laughs> awkward goodbye between yeah. the two of them.
3: Yeah. Feels right. All right. Um, Maka, what kind of preparations would you take
5: for the elements? Well, very, very, like in a very practical sense, I have prepared specific spells now. Um, you may have noticed based on some of my like control water and stuff like that, I basically prepared spells for being at sea. Um, a lot of that has been changed up now. Um, um, don't worry, I could move the water. But all the rain just kind of
1: trembles <laughs> as
5: it falls around you. you're like mm. there's there's you know in in creating a total class I was looking into, you know like they, they don't wear a lot of clothing. They just don't see a need for it. Um, but Tom, this is you know your world and we're kind of working together to like play through it here. Um, would Maka see this weather and know that he needs some sort of protection from the elements? Or would he be okay to just kind of march out there as as is, as God made him?
3: I think uh, he would probably be fine against yeah. the elements. I mean, like, just thinking about how turtles and turtles work. Um, yeah. Um, the only uh, only reason I would recommend clothes if you wanted them um, or any weatherproofing stuff was... Uh, purely for comfort's sake. Um, if you don't have uh, a cloak or anything, you're kind of at the the mercy of the elements. So, if you're cold, you're gonna stay cold. But you're also, yeah, I mean, also cold-blooded. I can just like, so like, mm? I can just shell up too. Yeah. is the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. I think um, you're probably fine. I don't think yeah. you need need it. That,
5: that's what I basically wanted to know because Maka, you know, uh, has no interest in like frivolities for the most part, right? Um, mm-hmm. So e- even going so far as like, do I need clothes? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Good enough. Like that's kind of all he, he, wanted to know. Um, he would, and this might be a long shot just because we're at a, a clinic. Um, he had surrendered his shield and his club. Um, now his arm, um, his root folk arm doubles as a club. Mm-hmm. but he has no shield right now um, oh
1: if you surrendered those at court those were given to duncan by the seeing eye frog he received all their stuff oh. like he has his gear. so you have all your okay sh-
5: then yep. i think um is ready to go thank cool. you for reminding me of that
1: no problem and mm-hmm. we can all remember that at least jossie can't take over frogs
3: <laughs> so if the world That's falls right. to jossie the frogs will reign <laughs> All right. And Ita, uh, you said you'd look for a cloak. Um, what other preparations would you take?
0: Um, Not much.
5: <laughs> let's get the show on the road, you know? You Yeah, it's
0: kind of like we, I, we got a thing to do. We got a thing to do. She, she, she wants to do it.
3: Okay. Great. Um, so having geared up, um, you have a um, uh, they, they're able to give you a rough sense of where, um, where the ship went down. They, they mentioned the Northwest Quadrant. So pointing, mm-hmm. pointing it out, it's kind of like um, you're looking... Um, you arrived... Uh, we'll say the clinic is in the south just for ease of um, everything. Um, so the, uh, we can take the tower uh, as uh, the, the Spiros Observatory, sort of as our like, center of the compass um, okay. around which we can orient ourselves. Um, you ultimately want to be heading west um when all this is said and done but um the uh, the cloud skimmer went down in the northwest quadrant so you'll need to, to sort of venture um forward um the uh you're seeing sort of the um, the cones and the tornadoes touch down um, in the east northeast mm-hmm. um uh, there is a strong concentration of lightning kind of from here to where the ship went down, but that's kind of just true
5: everywhere um, as, uh, as the, the wind and rain continue unabated. Okay, uh, And sorry, you may have covered this, but what is the general terrain? You know, this was once the Fertile Valley. Is it like, is this like thick jungle beset by torrential rain or yes, has like yeah, a yeah. tornado torn up a lot of it and it's bare um, the uh, slides the,
3: the tornado situation is is further northeast of, of here so mm-hmm. you're actually not sure at, at this range okay um <clears throat> from where you're situated kind of at the the southernmost part of the valley you can see sort of trees throughout uh, it does seem like heavy jungle terrain but in terms of mudslides and things i think Maka, based on your experience of living in a swamp like the odds of that are all very high but okay. it was kind of hard to tell uh, from
5: okay. here. But right now, we're of- we're in a jungle, basically. Yes, like, yeah. the clinic is in a jungle. Okay.
3: Yeah, a good way to think of this is uh, if you've ever been to like a botanical garden or anything of that ilk. That's kind of how this valley seems to have been arranged in terms mm. of paths. Like large, sort of, you can see now a vine clogged and kind of um, muddy pathway that would have been probably the central walking trail kind of from this visitor center to the observatory. And there was clearly some thought to like, people are going to want to be here. And um, there are kind of nursery pods that you can identify from um, uh, from the, the 3D sculpture um, that mm-hmm. uh, like you can see where there would have been places for, if say you did have some, some plant growth from your local region, you needed to, to kind of carefully curate, you could come do that here. Um, but obviously it's all overgrown and generally waterlogged at this point. So how much of that is still standing is,
5: is uncertain. Okay. Okay. Thanks. No worries. This was worried I might've missed that initial.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, yeah. So it'll be uh, tough going, but um, the advantage, I guess, the lightning is there is often a lot of light to see by, but it is dark. Uh, again, these clouds are very low and, and very dark. Even in, <laughs> uh,
5: in the morning.
2: Okay.
5: <clears throat> uh, Maka uh, will uh, patiently wait by the door if uh, anyone else has any final tasks to complete or anything to say or ask.
1: I think Duncan will join. Uh, it seems like with the... The climate and the situation, the party traveling order might make the most sense with Maka in front in case there's anything that needs to be kind of pushed aside or hacked to get through the jungle. Put Ida in the middle as Ida is the softest, and Duncan can be rear guard in case something comes up on them from behind, kind of thing.
5: Okay. Makes sense to me. Uh, does Ida have anything that she needs to take care of before we head out? We kind of already covered this, but I want to make she sure. She
0: got a cloak she yeah. can drop around okay. her. She's great.
5: Okay, Great. yep, Maka heads out the door. Okay, um,
3: Nev uh, is uh, just sort of coming back from, from patrol as he as start to head out, um, and uh, he just kind of waves to you and says, uh, hey, best of luck on uh, on your journeys. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye out for you. If anything gets uh, gets too bad out there, we'll try and,
6: uh, try and get you out, all right? Yes, thank you for your aid. Gwendolyn is going to remain here, and so we will return to collect her.
3: Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That works for us. We'll, uh, would say we'll keep her fed, but, uh, don't know that we really need to do that. So you keep her not. polished. Great. All right. Well, uh, more stew, more stew for Nev. And he kind of like winks at, at bleep Or rolls his eyes and, uh, they're <laughs> like, all right. Um, and bleep says, yeah, but seriously, be, be careful out there. It's, uh, it's a mess. Uh, and then the two of them head into the clinic and you're able to set forward.
2: Dum-Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library,
1: and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as Hive-bred siblings Lyric and Alto, as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by games master
2: Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy. Available now.
3: begin with duncan i imagine you would likely be kind of trying to help navigate uh using your navigation tech so let's uh let's go with a perception please at advantage okay um and Ita, would you be uh, mathematically assisting
0: a hundred percent
3: okay so if you want to go ahead and roll me arcana please uh
0: 16.
3: 16? Okay, great. So, um, Ryan, you already have advantage, so we'll we'll count this as a bless, so you can add a D6 to your... Bless is D4. Do you want D6, or should I go D4? I'll go D6.
1: It's
3: not a real bless. It's a math blessing.
1: (laughs) Nice. Uh, That is a... I'm adding my... Am I adding my... What the term is? Proficiency, Proficiency because I've got tools?
3: Great. Uh, 27. Great um so yeah because you have the tower um and these two separate weather patterns uh you've actually got a pretty decent uh way to um kind of find your way forward um so the three of you begin to, to make your way um I'm curious how all of you are handling this kind of like as you know you, you begin to walk And obviously any anyone can handle any amount of weather for like a couple moments um but as uh you begin to get uh into the trees um and uh the kind of uncomfortable sensation of of the rain falling uh both upward and downward uh begins to kind of settle in. Uh you find yourselves uh wet in a way that uh is rare when you're not underwater, um, because there is literally no good direction to keep yourself dry from. Um, Maka, you actually find this this uh duality uh, though strange, somewhat comforting. Um it's it's a cycle and you you fully recognize that mm-hmm. um but it also makes sense to you i think from a, a nature lens that for a storm like this to continue unabated non-stop if the water was simply coming down there couldn't possibly be enough condensation to keep it running so it seemed that for whatever reason this ecosystem has become a weird self-cycling weather pattern um for you it's not really a problem you're a turtle uh you can see underwater so it's just wet, but, uh, for Duncan and Ita, it's, it's a lot. What is, uh, what is kind of like forcing your way forward? Like, uh, probably for the two of them, I imagine Maka is kind of fine, but.
0: I think, uh, because Ita has a powerful build, mm-hmm. um, like she, like, she basically counts as one size larger when she's like mm-hmm. pushing and dragging stuff. So I think for her, it's kind of like, uh, she's kind of digging into the ground with each step.
6: And kind of like mm, okay. forcing
0: her way while sure. being very disconcerted about like th- the cloak really only covers like rain falling on her, not going up. So yep. she's not happy about being drenched.
3: Yep. That's fair.
0: <laughs> uh, she should have much- expected it. So mm.
3: <laughs> much like anyone who buys like a fashionable raincoat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look great and be mostly wet. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: But it's
3: How sunny you, out now. Like obviously, I'm just <laughs> gonna look so great. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Duncan? Uh, Duncan is
1: sure-footed, so his movement penalty for oh, difficult hey. terrain is cut in half. Um, and he's got advantage against like being knocked prone and that kind of thing. So, I think with his coat and his style, uh, his bone rapier would be out and be using it almost as a machete if there was anything mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of like swinging towards them around Maka's is probably (laughs) unstoppable advance in the lead. Uh, The verb I would use for his travel is he is ghosting forwards. Like he's Mm. moving totally fine kind of around the back of the group, keeping an eye out. Uh, He is soaked, but I think that just means he's quieter than normal. This is kind of a hostile environment and he doesn't know the rules of what could be here because whatever has survived these storms would clearly be nasty. Uh, His hat is still a solid bonus because uh, basically with his body, the water coming up can't hit him in the face because his body's below it, and the water coming down hits the hat. So his face is dry, and he can see <laughs> things. Uh, so That's I think, yeah, he's, he's drifting uh, probably in in style and mood towards uh, the guy who hunts raptors in Jurassic Park. Like, there's just a Muldoon. lot of... Muldoon! Yeah, he's got a lot of Muldoon looking around into the, the jungle.
3: Nice. Okay, great. With that, uh, can you please roll me a perception check? All of us are Duncan. Uh, just Duncan, if okay. uh, unless you all think you'd be like active, because it sounds like Duncan is aggressively on the lookout for enemies. He'd
5: probably um, be more than Maka. Is yeah. Maka, I think, is just looking it, forward.
0: Ida's looking at everything with like a scientific curiosity.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Nineteen for Duncan. Nineteen. <laughs> um, all right. So um, you are not seeing. Uh, much uh or any real wildlife uh around here um it's so lush and again like the fertile really does stand up to its name and i mean costa rica and or uh ilson nublar from jurassic park is a solid solid pull for this in that um it, the greenery is uh is lush and constant and you have those big huge leaves and and things um but it is eerily silent, uh, beyond that, aside from the the rain. Um, you know, you'd expect that kind of buzz and, uh, constant hum of, of wildlife, but, uh, so far there's none. Um, so you're not you're not seeing uh, anything of, of that sort, um, but you can smell um, fires uh, on on the air uh, smoke on the air, uh, which is not entirely surprising given how many fires you could see from uh, the clinic. Also, admittedly, with lightning, just randomly striking stuff like there will be burns, of course, uh, for the four three of you, rather, you know, that uh, the lightning is uh, unfortunately sentient and aggressive. Yeah. So not a, an entirely safe uh, bet. Um, you've now been, uh, you've been going for, for quite some time. Um, you know, it's been, uh, probably about, uh, an hour or a couple hours. Uh, can y'all please roll me a survival check? Do our cloaks make any difference on this, Tom? Mm-hmm. Um, only in as much as you don't have disadvantage on the survival checks from.
0: Uh, 13. That
3: one. 17. Oh. 17. Um, all right. Um, Ita and Duncan, uh, despite your um uh kind of preparations, um, this is taking a lot out of you. Uh the uh, the mud and everything else is uh is is, is wearing you down. Um I'm gonna say uh, you both have temporary exhaustion at level Ooh.
6: one.
3: What does that mean? Uh so exhaustion at level one means that you will have disadvantage on uh, disadvantage on ability checks, yes. So um, not on All attack rolls, Yeah. But not attack rolls, not saving rolls, just on, uh, random abilities, just kind of indicating that, that early level of being real sleepy where your, your brain just isn't quite working at the, the speed you would like. Um, you don't get the sense that there was much you could really do to prevent this. It's not like you came ill prepared. It's just, you know, nature of the beast. Um, You can choose to rest up uh, if and where you want to. Uh, You'll just have to kind of tell me how you're trying to rest. Basically, uh, as you probably ascertained, uh, this is an incredibly hostile environment. Uh, And as a result, uh, you're all going to be risking exhaustion fairly frequently. Um, So you'll have to determine kind of when and how you want to break. Yeah. So um, with uh, with that in mind, you... Um, can smell more and more smoke, and you can actually start to see flashes of lightning. Uh, so, Duncan, I know particularly to your eye, uh, this would signal that you're going to be facing uh, lightning creatures sooner than later. Um, how do you want to proceed, and what kind of preparations do you think you would take um, as you you move from your reckoning, you're, you're getting close to uh, where the ship supposedly went down? And I think we'll say you find, like, you know, some... Uh, wrecked metal um, in your path that kind of indicates you must be reaching the crash zone.
5: Um, Maka will turn around to you
6: two and say um, uh, the lightning strikes draw near. We will be facing more of those creatures from the sky. I have come up with some protection hmm, that I may provide to one of you. It will require great concentration, and I will be limited in my abilities while conferring it to you. But I have it nonetheless. How, how does it work? Jossie, perhaps... retroactively or or perhaps even unbeknownst to her has graced me with more magic. Hmm. I can reduce the negative effects of various energies. Hmm. Fire, water, lightning. Hmm. You will still feel the blows, but... Not quite so hard as when we were at sea. All right, well, here's the question, I guess, Ita on the
1: scale of things. Should we reduce it on me, and I'll charge and try to distract anything that comes at you, or should we put it on you and then all fight equally?
0: Uh,
4: I I was considering maybe finding a fallen tree and hiding below the trunk. Hmm.
6: Ito, we did not bring you out here with us to hide. Hmm? Now we, do, we not, for action.
4: We do not want to wait until the, the creatures pass, no?
6: Maka looks up to the sky and says, uh, you will be waiting a very long time in the Valley of Eternal Storms. I, I
0: see.
6: I believe hiding in place we could say would be
1: illogical at this time.
4: Oh. All right, uh, then then perhaps I will try to perform my own magic on the creatures as I see them.
1: All right, why don't you put it on me and then I'll just try to make sure she doesn't get shocked. I feel like I could be distracting.
6: Mm. Just
5: so. Uh, and Makawu is going to cast uh, protection from energy. And I'm going to select mm. lightning from the list of various energies uh, for the duration. The willing creature you touch has resistance to one damage type: cold, fire, lightning, or thunder. We're going to say resistance to lightning damage for Duncan. So Great. I believe that's half. It is. Yep. It halves damage. Okay, and that's concentration. So I, I kind of uh, that's limiting my spell casting, but I'm I'm still able to throw down if needs to be. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> Great. <clears throat> So what does that look like for uh, with your uh, for spore magic? I think it is, you are now just covered, even in the rain, because I think it's imbued with magic. You know, it's not quite natural. You are just dusted with a coating of spores all over you. Um, and should electricity make contact with you, they will sort of ground you uh, to mm. a degree. It'll be basically dispersed among a network of spores coating your body.
1: So they're like Um, Faraday shrooms, essentially. They've built like a cage (laughs) around the
5: exterior of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nice. Not like you are, you know, like wrapped up and gunked up or anything like that. I think it's almost imperceptible after it's cast. There's maybe like a shimmer to you afterwards, and that's about it. Cool.
1: Well, I think then that we'd probably have the two of them traveling forwards and Duncan with his ability to kind of... Uh, be sure-footed, can kind of flit around the party almost, where he'll engage whatever gets closest first
3: uh, and then try to let them kind of keep going past. Okay, sure, that makes sense to me. Uh, great. Um, all right, so with that in mind, um, there is a, 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 a crack uh, in the sky above you, and uh, one of the trees ahead uh, bursts into flame um, and uh, emerging from the, uh, the base of the trunk, um, step two uh, of the lightning creatures. They are smaller than the ones you saw at sea. Um, you get the sense that, uh, similar to the one that dispersed after getting thunder to into Oblivion, um, this is likely one creature that subdivided and also expended some energy in, in hitting the tree and landing. So they are somewhat smaller, um, and there are two of them. Um, You guys uh, have prepped for this. They aren't actively looking for you. They just kind of came down from the sky doing their thing. So um, I will say you have a surprise round. Great.
1: Uh, Uh, Yeah. Duncan is in full Muldoon. So it's just Mr. Bang (laughs) creeps up. It like leans against a tree branch to level the aim uh, and then I think he'll probably take the first shot if he's specifically on
3: distraction duty. So great. Uh, let's roll for initiative, just for ease of uh, my brain. Sure. <laughs> Jack die. There we go. <clears throat>
1: Twenty-five for Duncan. Ooh. He's so fucking ready. It moves
5: <laughs> through time.
0: Five for. Eighteen.
5: Eda. Eighteen for Maka. Hey. Uh, and I've got that.
3: Alrighty, um yes so duncan you will be up first uh followed by maka um and then uh, because you have a surprise round it will be ita nice and duncan is
1: extra nasty when he has time to prepare at the beginning of a combat um he's always ready to fight and he was lying in wait so for this one he uh he has advantage against uh, his targets because they haven't taken a turn in combat and any hit he scores against a creature that is surprised is an automatic crit
3: oh damn all right that's
1: some
5: um, uh, that's some assassin shit yep yeah. Light him when he up. It's
1: the drop. He's capable. Uh so he'll take, I guess he'll shoot at the one on the right with his first round. He's gonna stagger his shots
3: rather than just shotgunning it at one because he yep. doesn't know how durable these things For are. For ease of visual, let's uh let's say one of them is um sort of like a bluish lightning, and one of them is a, is a yellowish lightning, just so we have a, a visual in order to indicate where they cool. are. So you're shooting at blue.
1: Yeah, yeah, he'll shoot blue first because it looks spookier. Yeah. That is a twenty-five to hit. Yes, that will hit. Beautiful, and it's just an, a little bit. It's an auto crit, so it rolled the two dice uh, for thirteen piercing damage. Okay, damn. Uh, and if it's still on its feet, he'll tag it with that second one, baby. He, uh, it is. The second one is a seventeen to hit. Yep, that'll do. Great. And with the auto crit, that comes to oh shit! That is twenty-two damage.
2: Oh, I rolled a nine
1: and a ten on my two d tens. So, oh,
3: um, so yeah, you quickly fire both barrels. Uh, it's double-barreled, right? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, uh, so you just offload with both barrels and. Um, the lightning creature immediately turns to you. um, And uh, the first hit, um, we'll say, I don't know, like goes through it's uh, like hits it in the head. And a lot of its energy seems to like coalesce around the bullet, seeming to like slow it as it tears through. Uh, But then the second one tears through the kind of weakened uh, lower chest. um, And you actually see like a crackle of lightning follow the, the, uh, uh, this would be a, wouldn't really be a bullet so much as like a, musket ball or something but anyway the um uh the shot the bullet goes through it um the lightning tracks that and you see like some of it collected around the head some of it collected around the chest um unfortunately by splitting its focus like that uh the thing crackles and bursts um uh falling apart to nothing um the other one lets out a, a static scream uh just of of kind of crackling energy um but is still caught unawares uh bringing us to maka
1: yeah I think Duncan will yell. Ah, it's nice to shock you this time.
5: <laughs> uh, Maka, uh, in the interest of uh, maintaining concentration for Duncan's protection, uh, is going to cast uh, Chill Touch from range. Okay. Um, and sorry, it's been a second. Oh, sure. I have to roll a magic attack. So we'll see if I hit. Eight plus, I think, Eight. Yeah, 16 to hit? Yep, that'll hit. Okay. And I'm level 8 now, so that's 2d8 uh, necrotic damage, if that matters. Uh, It does not in this particular instance. Whoa, double eights! so 16 damage. Goddamn.
3: All right. A sound hit. Um, You see kind of the uh, the, the spores you unleash um, start to like... uh, kind of um, uh, almost create um, just gaps in the lightning creature um, mm. because obviously like I imagine lightning striking like a bunch of spores would burn a bunch of them, but also like it was like punching a pillow. Like <laughs> so you can see just kind of these um, almost uh, pods and, and gaps opening up in it that lightning is just kind of smacking against um, and uh, you see that the creature stagger uh, and continue to hiss. Ita. Uh,
4: um, so I will hit, um, d- uh,
0: Duncan got one, Maka got the other.
3: Yeah. Yellow network. is now dead. Um, oh, yellow is dead. Oh, sorry. Blue. Sorry. Blue is dead. Yellow is, is heavily injured from Maka's attack.
0: Okay. Um, I think what I will, I will attempt to use disarming theorem, um, yep. which is where basically I calm the creature, um, and attempt to charm it. Um, and I think what I do, because normally I'd, I'd like start listing off number sequences, but recognizing that this creature is like a lightning creature and lightning follow, like is basically creates like fractals in nature. Mm -hmm. I start to draw attention to the other fractals uh, in nature around it to try to like bring it into like some sense of harmony and calmness, Mm -hmm. which is basically like observe the beating of my heart,
4: observe the planching of the trees, Observe the frost
0: around you. We are all the same. Right, And then it has to make uh, a wisdom saving throw.
6: Okay. How wise is this electricity? Oof, it
3: is uh, eight wise, which oh, is not very which good. Which is, yes, yeah. That's no
0: <laughs> that's, owl. That's less than 14, so yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's charmed um, and it basically can't hurt us. Until the start of my next turn, unless someone hurts okay. it first. But I'm like,
3: so I think no, no, no. <laughs> with with that in mind, then once you calm it, um, it actually dissipates. Um, mm. It, Ida, uh, uh, observing it and kind of thinking about these things in the terms that you do. Um, observing both of these these creatures kind of fall apart. Um, obviously, physical damage does does affect them, um, but in this case, uh, you can only imagine, uh, particularly having observed Maka and his concentration spells how much focus there has to be for for this living lightning to remain uh corporeal mm. and it would seem that as soon as it isn't filled with this kind of rage its body has no need to maintain a semblance of a form so it just kind of crackles and like you know strikes the ground strikes the tree around it uh it's a little bit of a back to the future lightning strike or just kind of like arcs up the tree um, and then dissipates I'm leaving oh. the uh, the three of you uh, alone in the rain yet again. Duncan will look over and give her a nod and say, "Clever girl." <laughs> well done, Peter. You ah oh, fuck it. I'm crushed. Inspiration to Ryan for a great Jurassic Park quote. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, your DM pals <laughs> he is never going to get another inspiration.
2: Nope. No DM. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um,
3: yeah, great. Sorry, uh, you were going to say.
6: Uh, well done, Eta. You destroyed it with your incantation. Mm. Very, very powerful magic you have. Yes, good.
4: Yes, I'm not sure that destruction is the word, though.
6: It is, it is gone from here. You, You eliminated the creature, yes? You spoke, you spoke arcane words and and cast it away.
4: Well, I mean, really I just calmed it down and I believe it left of its own volition.
1: Hey friends, it's a combat situation. it, learn to take a compliment. Maka, let's keep this one rolling, bud. (laughs)
3: Uh, and with that uh you uh you venture forward um so uh you are hearing more lightning strikes nearby but luckily none are directly in your path um you are now also finding more and more debris um there is uh you can see sort of uh damage to some of the trees um, as well as uh, uh pieces of metal here and there that, that seem to have come off of um, the cloud skimmer um, given the, the amount of, uh, again, kind of weather happening here, it's hard to tell when this happened, but it's not like smoking. Like this didn't just happen today. Um, it, uh, as, as, uh, indicated by uh, your friends back at the clinic, um, they got word, uh, let's say two weeks ago, um, that, uh, that this, this vessel was coming. Um, but nevertheless, you are able to, to, um, kind of identify the the crash path. um, and so you uh, make your way forward, uh, kind of following that. Uh, did you guys want to roll stealth? Would you be doing this as stealthily as possible, given that you're getting closer to the site?
0: Uh... Uh, I, Ida would definitely approach with some trepidation.
3: Yeah, I think we'd be cautious.
1: So, stealth is probably the best example of that. Like, we're not looking to just throw down with yeah. an army of lightnings. Gotcha. So, disadvantage for all, for Ida and I for exhaustion, correct?
3: Yes.
5: A 14. Yep. Maka rolled a five, plus yes. zero for stealth. <laughs> and
1: right. Duncan got a 19. He rolled a 13 and a 15 on two days, so it worked out well.
3: Nice. All right, so Ita um, uh, and uh, Duncan, perhaps because you're tired, um, you're stealthier. because just moving slower. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Maka, um, for you, you're just, a a, a bit too big, um, and are, are making a bit too much noise. Um, the three of you, um, emerge kind of in a, in an artificial clearing, um, where, uh, ahead, you can see a large, uh, metallic shape, um, has, uh, has crashed into, uh, the ground. Um, the cloud skimmer, from here uh does actually seem to be um uh think like a um very uh final fantasy is always a very good uh, pull for this but like a small airship um so um not like a massive massive travel the globe kind of thing but um you know certainly not the size of a helicopter but um, uh a bit bigger than the boat you were on earlier um so it has a full, uh, clearly had a full cabin and likely uh, area below, um, but yeah, you can imagine like a small- like Dirigible style? Yeah, small. kind of. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit bigger than that, but yeah, it's it's not huge, but big enough that you have an indoor area and uh, that sort of thing. Um, in Star Wars terms, think like half the size of the Millennium Falcon. Gotcha. So like there's enough room that people can move around inside it, but- not so big that you know. There's there's a lot. So like slave one, um, yeah, slave one, perfect. Actually, cool. yeah, yeah. Or um, or if we're talking more modern terms, uh, the ship from Mandalorian, like just one of those things that's it's got room, but it's not got a lot of room. It's a functional perfect. functional vessel. Um, so um, it is uh, and it is fucking done. Like it has uh, uh it is it is hot trash uh, at this point. It clearly went through a bunch of trees on the way down. At distance you can still see lightning damage um duncan you're struck by um the uh the sort of um, panels uh almost like wings that come off of it um they are uh very similar in design uh, to those that uh, keep orvel aloft um mm. so kind of large almost solar panels at a variety of angles um around it uh, in flight this thing would likely be using all of those as wings. Uh, so think like if you multiply a dragonfly by a bunch um, that uh, that's sort of vibe. Um, yeah, um, it is uh, there are still fires uh, burning uh, that seem to have been burning since it went down. Um, you don't see from you're still a ways away. you can kind of just see it uh, you're in the, its crash divot. Um, so the actual ship itself is still a little distance away. Um, unfortunately, because Mako's making a noise, uh, making a bunch of noise, uh, you can't approach stealthily, but currently nothing is, like, coming out to meet you. Well, we've kind of got our
1: game plan, so I imagine Duncan, you know, leading the way, drawing attention as much as possible away from... I think it's more just, like, him slightly to the right and slightly ahead of the turtle. He can't distract from him, like the turtle's secret, but he
3: would lead the way and we could just yep. approach the ship. Sure. Uh can you roll me a perception check please, sir? Yes. 13. 13. Okay. Um as you approach you begin to hear um uh kind of the sound of um what sounds like a Uh, something spinning up, um, like a a whirring noise, um, but then it it like clicks and stops. Um, It's a little bit like a car engine um, stalling and refusing to start. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, as you approach, uh, you can see that the, um, uh, because of the way the body of the ship is twisted, um, the interior of the ship is visible uh, from this direction uh, as you, you get closer. And you can actually see that the engine um, still has energy and seems to be like trying to spin up as a, uh, as it, it kind of crackles and, and sputters uh, being exposed to the water. It's clearly pretty badly damaged. Um, you can see a bit of the crew cabins, um, but even from here, there seem to be um, si- like uh, metallic instruments kind of everywhere around here. Um, at a glance you would, and this kind of tracks with what, you know, it seems to be a science vessel of some sort. Um, like you're finding like, you know, magnifying equipment, uh, scalpels, um, specimen cases, that sort of mm. thing. Um, you do find, um, a, uh, a couple of bodies as you get closer. Um, they, uh, they are, are charred ba- fairly badly, but you're able to identify, uh, a couple of gnomes, um, who, Ooh. uh, who clearly, um, succumb to their wounds. They have been, um, wrapped in, um, in, uh, sort of, uh, a damp, what look almost like sheets. Uh, and they have been arranged next to each other. Um, so they aren't buried, but they do seem to be like someone moved them here. They didn't mm-hmm. just drop here. Um, in terms of the ship itself, uh, again, it looks like it nosedived, uh, kind of crash landed. Um, if you were to spend some time searching, you could probably find the tracks that would, uh, Give you some indication of where everyone went but right now it does seem very much to be abandoned all right i'm thinking
1: friends we should probably eta i'd love it if you could take a look at that engine and just turn it off because i don't want it to explode on us while we're trying to search this place mark it seems like you and i could check the crew compartments and see if we could find any notes maybe i could find a captain's space of some kind see if they had any Maps or other information or
6: logs? There was talk of a key being on board this vessel. Perhaps it remains still among the wreckage. Correct. I will begin my search. And Maka uh, will start
5: to uh, enter the exposed uh, interior. Sure. Do you want to roll me uh, an
3: investigation there, sir?
5: investigation yeah that was a 13 plus one four. four. 14 jesus cool um <laughs> so
3: um and duncan you're looking for um captain's quarters and yeah. uh stuff so if you could roll investigation as well please sure and then uh ita you're going to investigate the engine yeah totally all right. Um I think we can from you take uh I'll take investigation there as well, actually. Cool. Disadvantage that, yeah. still, right? It, yeah. Yeah.
0: Ugh. Oh, still not bad. Twenty-one. Yep.
3: Four for Duncan.
0: Okay. Oh 22. Sorry. My mistake.
3: Oh, well, that makes all the difference. Right. Uh and uh Maka, what'd you get?
0: Uh I'm sorry, what
5: was the role again?
3: Um, investigation.
5: Investigation again.
3: No, I did get the 14. Oh, you got the 14. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Um, Okay. So, um, Maka and Duncan, uh, as you begin to search, um, uh, Duncan, you are uh, disappointed to find that uh, you do find uh, the captain's quarters, um, but uh, they're very, um, very sterile. There's not really, there's no personal effects um, strewn around, um, which is odd in your experience. Um, But at the same time, if this is like, for lack of a better term, like a rental vehicle, um, you wouldn't be entirely surprised. But it does give you some something that there isn't like, you know, it's not like the Jack Sparrow quarters where there's just like trophies and shit everywhere. Um, but uh, unfortunately, it would seem that the place was cleared out, uh, which does indicate that there were survivors, obviously, but mm. um, no uh, tremendously useful information. Maka, um, for you and your search, um, in looking kind of like cabin to cabin, um, you're not finding a lot of um a lot of anything really uh this does seem almost like it was meant to be a day trip um or you know a couple day trip um you find some rations um around uh but um no key per se that said uh as you do the difference between the uh the crew cabins that you're searching and the captain's quarters is these are a little junkier as you would imagine from like people who aren't necessarily in in command, possibly being a little looser with how they keep their rooms. Mm. Um, and um, you uh, you do find a, um, uh, a kind of like essentially the way that people will used to write out like map quest instructions. <laughs> um, there do seem to be, um, uh, some rough uh, notes, um, largely about um, uh, the uh, the improvised key, which seems to be something that they built um, and brought in rather than something that was already here. Um, but also um, uh, in the rough notes that you're seeing, um, there's a, a question of, um, uh, is there still power in a big question mark? Um, and... Um, you don't get much else from that, but it at least gives you something to to work with as you, you continue your investigation. Um, Ita, for you, um, approaching the engine, uh, you're old very high, uh, which is great. Um, so, uh, approaching the engine, it is very unstable. Um, you, I think the Empire, um, I imagine is a bit more like, uh, sort of like an Aztec uh, or Mayan civilization in that. There are great uh, mechanisms, but they are all, um, you know, cogs and pulleys and that sort of thing. It's not a, a technologically um, or like a mechanically, mechanically advanced, yeah. uh, well, not even advanced, but it isn't electrically. Like, electrically, thank yeah. you. You're, yeah, it's it's much more like no. These are the things we know we can control. We yeah. understand physics. We actually don't need to um, mechanate this. Also, the empire is very close neighbors with Apex. So imagine mm-hmm. similar to how you know gardens in France are like, stay off the lawn, and gardens in England are like, please walk on the lawn, just because the two cultures insisted on being slightly different on dumb <laughs> things. Um, <laughs> there's a bit of a, a pride in, I think, the empire of like, we don't need machines, we actually have a better solution mm-hmm. that doesn't require all this. So this isn't something you'd be super familiar with, but nor is it also something that you would be uh, completely taken aback by. Mm-hmm. Um That said, uh, you can see that it's heavily damaged and, um, there is, um, uh, obviously like it it is smoking and and spinning and moving. Um, you've been tasked with turning it off so it doesn't explode. Uh, you're actually not sure how you can do that. Um, so I guess my question is, would you risk trying to shut it
0: down? Um, is there like a glove box with the user's manual?
3: There is not. Mm. Ah,
0: nuts um
3: one thing you do know of the apex institute is they all fancy themselves baby geniuses so the odds yeah. are that there are no manuals anywhere because we all know we built these things yeah it's another thing the empire finds incredibly frustrating
0: mm-hmm. um in that case i think um she'd look she would she would want to look for like whatever like source of energy there is in there and basically like, cut the wire as it is as it were just okay. to like stop i think she understands like the basic like there's a source of energy in this and if i sure. can just like disconnect that
3: i think that makes sense um okay so um can you rule me for uh, i uh, i think it's investigation again
0: yeah that's fair yep
3: and with disadvantage because oh you're exhausted. I keep,
0: on all these disadvantages, I keep rolling nat twenties. Is one of them? It's very frustrating. <laughs> Your dice
3: are on fire. Well, it's really session.
0: funny because this was like the same one was like I was rolling advantage, and it was the same die yesterday. It was giving like shit results. So anyway. I was
3: gonna say if it was giving you twenties yesterday, I know those die. It, they have metal in them. <laughs>
0: um, that's uh, that's a twelve.
3: Twelve. Um. Yeah. All right. Um. As you begin to investigate, um, uh, you are alarmed to determine that the engine itself is the power source um, so you could cut wires away from it but it is generating um this thing is generating engine or the engine is generating power that is kind of filtering out mm. um this is odd but also kind of tracks with the way the empire, or with uh the way apex works they like closed circuits they like things yeah. that are kind of a closed ecosystem um so unfortunately there's there's no uh, direct cable to cut so basically your options are leave it alone or bash it at this point
4: um, I think I'll just look to everyone. Like, uh, uh, I mean,
1: uh, Duncan's in the captain's quarters, so you're just looking and saying, uh, <laughs> "I am," but he's I am, there. Yeah,
0: no, I am hundred um, percent. Um, um, which
3: is where you find yourself as um, uh, a crackle uh, begins to emit from the engine behind you. Uh, And uh, having not received any immediate response, uh, you turn and see uh, energy arcing off of the engine and out. And as it continues to whir and spit, uh, slowly a figure begins to emerge uh, from the engine, uh, growing larger and larger, cascading out in huge electrical arcs. Uh, And finally, the engine goes silent as a, uh, a massive kind of four-tentacled electrical being rises uh, from the engine uh, and lets out a, a massive static scream. Roll for initiative.
2: This episode of Curse, Code, and Crown sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hempstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee! Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse, Code, and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers! If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at elhamstring, Ryan at THERyanLeBlant, Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGee TD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse Code and Crown!
1: Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time Christian Menicola, the half blind prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire on Friendly. Acrix, Cameron Ezel Grandma Likes D&D, Alan. Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon, too, at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks
2: to you.
5: The Fable and Folly Network